Hi, welcome back to On The Level Leadership. My name is Tammy. I'm a leadership and career coach, and I'm here to help you be the best leader you can be so that you can grow in your career. I spent 18 years of my career as a leader and executive uh, within the federal government of Canada. And in that bureaucratic environment, I learned a few things on how to lead even within a bureaucracy that I want to share with you today. So welcome back, everybody. Good to have you here this week. Um, so I spent about 18 years of my career in the federal civil service in Canada as a leader, so like manager, leader, executive, and um, kind of in that order. <laughs> and what I learned when I first entered the bureaucracy was how much I had to adapt to that environment. You know, for those of you who've never worked in a bureaucracy, you might have some perception of what that is. But essentially, it's it's an organization that is highly structured has a high level of control and coordination, strict policies and procedures, often has a high regulatory component attached to it in some regard. And it's based on more what I would say um, impersonal or perhaps rational methodologies rather than connecting to friendship and kinship and relationship. So bureaucratic organizations are not just found publicly, they can be found in private institutions. So big, big companies like IBM and Apple are highly organ organized, highly structured, have high levels of policies and procedures, maybe have some regulatory components that they have to adhere to. There are some benefits to these stricter frameworks um, and procedures because they standardize processes across the board. That en enabling of clarity of roles and responsibilities can actually make for a very stable work environment because everybody knows what their job is. So there's really three things that as a leader in an organization like the government of Canada that I struggled with. The first thing was the lack of creativity and innovation or the ability to create and innovate. So although it's a core competency of leadership to, you know, allow for innovation, to promote innovation and creativity, it's kind of an awkward dynamic because although it's a core competency of our leadership in the government of Canada, the reality is, is that by definition, bureaucracies don't allow for this. They don't allow for it because it's all about risk aversion and controlling risk. And when you control risk, then you cannot be innovative because innovation by its very definition means that you're willing to assume some risk. So senior leaders will often find themselves very frustrated, but yet unwilling to shake the boat when it comes to innovation and creating change. The other item that I really struggled with was that I always seemed to be mired at HR processes because we had a high level of turnover where um, the morale was maybe low and people wanted to kind of jet. They would find themselves deploying from one department to another in hopes of finding greener pastures elsewhere. But what they would often find is that the grass wasn't greener. In fact, it was the same color as the grass they just left. And the reason for that is because the government of Canada is with any bureaucracy out there, frankly, it is a top-down organization, right? It's controlled at the top. It's highly structured, high, like, you know, high degree of policies and procedures and regulations that control kind of what we do on a daily basis. And there's a little bit of a lack of personal touch to how we do things because we're expected to perform in a certain way creates this golden handcuff sort of perspective, right? We don't want to leave the job uh, because we get paid and compensated very well, but yet we, uh, we don't want to stay in the job because we're miserable because we can't be creative. We're not innovative. We don't have control over our destiny as employees to, or at least that's the perception we might have. So all of that ties into, and it filters down to the employee at the very base level going, man, I have like no say in my job. And that can, it 
cause extreme morale issues. And it can also create a bit of a toxicity sort of situation to develop. And I've seen it myself where I had colleagues complain to me about where they were working was very toxic because when toxic leaders feel like they have no control over their jobs or have no control over their mandate, what often happens is they then assume control in places they think they have control, which is their employees, their direct reports. They do things like micromanage, for example, as a way of asserting themselves into the picture. The other major problem, like I sort of alluded to, is this constant HR turnstile and the inability to really um, performance manage people effectively. So I was always knee deep in HR processes, which were in the of themselves arduous because they themselves were highly bureaucratic in nature. So when you're dealing with that, right, and then you have, let's say, an employee who's not an effective employee who's struggling with their job, how we manage that in our highly unionized environment as the Canadian government is, that can be really difficult because unlike in the private sector where you can just demote or fire somebody after some warning, the reality is, is that in a government setting, that often doesn't happen because we are constrained by certain union requirements about how we're going to allow and enable the employee to grow, be supported. They're put on performance agreements or action plans. And then we deal with it that way. And it can create more of a burden for the manager or the leader having to oversee that employee who maybe is less effective. And then you have a resource that really isn't providing you support. So these are kind of some of the big picture issues that I noticed as a leader and manager in the government that I had to sort of find ways of overcoming. So what do you do? if you're a leader or an executive in a government setting and you're trying to figure out how to lead effectively. Again, go back to the leadership competencies that your organization have espoused and make sure that your activities align with that. And if your values don't align with that, then I'm going to question whether you still need to be working there. But if you decide to remain in the government, what I found helpful for me in my 18-year tenure there was that you need to get really clear about what you and your team can do or cannot do. So what does this mean? It means that in a bureaucratic environment, there are things you control things you influence, and things you have absolutely no say in. It's really important that you get super clear on where your project, your activities, your tasks, your responsibilities sit in those three areas, those three buckets. It will help to provide some sanity to you and your team, knowing that you have some control over some things, you have influence on others, and there are things that you can't control that you're just going to have to find creative ways of implementing. An example of this is COVID. In COVID, we were pushed to really come up with new and innovative ways of doing things. This was a big stretch for the government of Canada because we were doing things that we had never done before. However, we still had to work within the constraints of the bureaucracy, the constraints of the rules within the government setting in terms of how we do procurement and how we hire people and how we vet people, et cetera, et cetera. Those rules still applied, which made it very arduous. And we had to come up with some creative ways of managing things. So as problems would come up, what I would often do is say to the team or the people I'm talking to is like, what can we, what do we control in this equation? If we could come up with something that we knew we can control, then we would use that as our lever to allow us to be creative and innovative in how we promoted or came up with a, a solution to a problem. Where we had influence, okay, what governance tables do we need to go to to help influence either the decision or the request for the activity that we're being asked to do that maybe isn't reasonable? How do we influence our senior leadership to maybe shift their perspective? How do we influence them to change their mind about how to approach things? Or maybe in how it's implemented, we can maybe influence the how we solve the problem. Maybe the problem doesn't go away. Maybe the direction stays the same, but how we approach the problem could be influenced by your team. So again, understand what you influence based on 
your knowledge, your experience, the science, the data, whatever. And lastly, for those things that you don't control, it's kind of the same as life in general. If you don't control somebody else's perspective, then you can't possibly try to change it. So my perspective is if you don't have control over something, you need to let go of the ownership of that issue and just look at ways of how to implement it. So in a bureaucratic government setting, unfortunately, what often happens is that, you know, the politicians react to some situation or event, and then the bureaucracy within the government setting is then asked to implement this new mandate or the new direction. It can sometimes be troublesome as a government employee because you might not always agree with the way we do the way we're being asked to behave. However, that said though, ultimately your job as a public servant is to serve the public. And if the mandate of the voted member is that we are to move in a certain direction, then our job is to implement that. And sometimes when you don't have control over the certain direction, the best thing you can do is try to control or influence the how. So leading in a large or bureaucratic environment can be really challenging, but I want to encourage you to go ahead and still consider applying those positive leadership practices because you can make a big difference on yourself and on your team. And finally, if you need help with this, I have a lot of experience working in these kinds of environments. So if you are a new leader or a new executive or even a, a seasoned executive and you're struggling to find a way to work within this environment, feel free to reach out to me. There are links down below where we can have a conversation to see how I might be able to help you out. And if you're worried that you don't get your message across because you're afraid of public speaking, I do have a course that I'm putting together for this. It will be launched in May and there'll be a link down below to the sales page if this is something you're interested in because this inaugural course will be limited to 20 people. It'll be time limited and uh, it's going to be over five weeks. It'll be like a five week intensive and there are four group coaching sessions in that to help you along. I want to move people from being super afraid to speak in public to presenting and being a little more comfortable in their skills. Thanks again for being here this week. I do appreciate you being here. If you watch this on YouTube, feel free to subscribe. And if you're listening via podcast, make sure you follow this podcast because I am here every week sharing leadership and career growth advice and information. Until next week, be safe and I'll see you next time.